Good Tuesday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is the I Love Siegel Show. Thank you kindly for joining us live in downtown Charlottesville on Market Street, half a block from the Charlottesville Police Department and its headquarters, one block away from Charlottesville City Courts, Albemarle County Courts, two blocks away from Tent Town, and one block removed from the Charlottesville Downtown Mall. This is the epicenter and the, it's the water cooler of Charlottesville. It's downtown. And it's the show that's become the water cooler of the community. We'll thank the Blue Ridge Venture Fund for being a part of the show. We're in the process of funding um, our fourth business with the Blue Ridge Venture Fund, where we connect investors and, 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 and folks that are looking to supercharge businesses in the Central Virginia community with the entrepreneurs behind those businesses. Check out the Blue Ridge Venture Fund online, supercharge your business with the Blue Ridge Venture Fund. I would encourage you guys to check at the, uh, read the headlines on screen. Today's program is going to be very straightforward. We are going to um, play Allison Spillman's television ad and dissect it and, and, and kind of analyze the political science behind the television commercial. Allison Spillman's television ad where she clearly is slinging mud to her opponent, Dr. Meg Bryce, is straight out of middle school. I was the lower school president um, in, in my school in Williamsburg. And one of the tactics utilized to win a lower school president is giving out candy, blow pops, Tootsie Pops, to your classmates to garner and win their vote. That strategy, very elementary, is the same strategy being employed by Allison Spillman, who's running for school board and a spot on a board that controls roughly a $260 million, allocates a $260 million yearly budget for Almore County Public Schools. So we'll play the ad, we'll dissect it from every angle, and I want you, the viewer and listener, to understand what is going on here. We'll break some news from the business front. Gene Theory is opening a Richmond location. Gene Theory, a boutique in downtown Charlottesville, is now expanding to the Richmond market for its second spot. Gene Theory also has a new owner. All those stories... And more, including Christian Kelly, the new executive chef at Dooner's Restaurant. Christian Kelly's a friend of the program. C. Kelly, an A-plus guy, Christian. Fantastic family. Huge fan of Christian's son, who's a hell of a squash player. He is now the head chef for Wilson Ritchie's Dooner's Restaurant in Ivy. I want to talk about that on today's program. I also want to highlight on the Tuesday edition of the I Love Seville show the news from yesterday from the police department that the murder that happened over the weekend in downtown Charlottesville is not tied to Tent Town, despite its geographical location, the murder to Tent Town. We were very clear that we should not jump to, to, jump to conclusions on yesterday's program. In fact, you, the viewer and listener, if you watch the show in any kind of capacity, you'll see I even emphasize don't jump to that conclusion. We'll talk about that on the program, and we'll highlight some comings and goings from the city council meeting last night, including 
Council's decision to ban commenting during the public commenting portion of the meeting via Zoom. So you're no longer going to be able to Zoom into the meeting and comment during the public commenting portion on what is happening in Charlottesville from your perspective. You're going to have to do that in person only, at least for here on out until Charlottesville City Council says, says otherwise. Is this a rush to judgment? Is City Council doing what Sam Sanders did with Market Street Park with lifting the curfew, a jump to conclusions, a rush to judgment, a knee-jerk reaction? I'll ask this question. The commenting portion of City Council meetings, by banning Zoom, who is that going to impact the most? Is it going to impact retirees who might make their own schedule the most? Is it going to impact business owners and the affluent who don't have to be at work or could take time off from work to go to council meetings and speak in person? Or is it going to impact men and women and people alike who work nine to sixes, nine to fives, double shift work, nighttime work, and we're using the Zoom portion of the meeting, the Zoom option, as a way to share their perspective with council without being in council chambers in person. I am of the opinion banning Zoom impacts the financially margin the most and not the affluent, not the wealthy, and not the retirees who have flexibility of schedule. Um, I promised you yesterday we would talk Ginny Hu's tweets, and she followed up with some fantastic commentary and perspective on why she and her husband have taken their children and positioned them in a homeschooling environment, and why she and her husband identify with Dr. Bryce as a candidate. I'll break that down from Ginny Hu's perspective. And I encourage you, the viewer and listener, to offer questions, shape the discussion, let us know what's on your mind. If you disagree with us, that is completely cool. If you agree with us, let us know. Put the comments in the feed, and we will relay them live on air. Bill McChesney, welcome to the program. Thank you kindly for joining us. We appreciate your support, Mayor of McIntyre, on this fine and fair talk show. I am seeing multiple news outlets watching us on the program. Kate Schartz, hello. Vanessa Parkin, hello. Jason Howard, Johnny Ornalis, the owner of Mexicale, soon to come on West Main Street in the old World of Beer location. That news broken yesterday. Georgia Gilmer, John Neal, Travis Hackworth in Danville, Nelson Lanza, welcome to the program. Thank you kindly for joining us. Kevin Yancey and Lonnie Murray, welcome to the show. All right. First, the news from yesterday. It was not Cotchis, the police chief, who reported this yesterday. It was one of Cotchis's um, colleagues within the police department. The police department yesterday indicates the murder over the weekend in downtown Charlottesville not tied to Tent Town. In fact, the Charlottesville police is asking witnesses to come forward if they have any information on the murder that happened 2.59 a.m. on a Saturday morning. No arrests have been made yet in the East Market Street shooting that led to death. 
Lieutenant Joey Lewis yesterday let the community know that there were numerous witnesses within feet of this incident and Lieutenant Joey Lewis of the Charlottesville Police Department is asking those numerous witnesses within feet of this murder to come forward with what they saw. A 48-year-old is dead. His name is Daniel O'Brien Hall. The death happened on East Market Street adjacent to Tent Town, but the police department is making it clear that this murder is not tied to Tent Town. On yesterday's program, we encouraged the community. The footage and the tape, the sound and the video is all over social media. We encourage the community not to rush to judgment when it comes to this murder and the homeless population living in Lee Park, Emancipation Park, Market Street Park, Freedom Park, Tent Town, Tent City, whatever you want to call it. Mr. DL, welcome to the program. Thank you kindly for joining us. Um, so I echo what the lieutenant said. If you saw what happened at 2.59 a.m. roughly on Saturday morning, please let the police know what you saw. This is murder. And I would say 99.9% .9 of the people in this community want the community to be safe from gun violence. I think that's safe to say. I would think as well that we have a PR and branding issue going on with, I mean, safety, quality of life, you know, the willingness to come to the most important eight blocks in the city. You know, if you're city council, if you're the mayor, Lloyd Snook, he's 30 feet away from us. He's a friend of mine. If you're Sam Sanders, the CEO of the city, you likely should make a statement about this. I'm surprised the statement was not issued last night when Mr. Sanders had an opportunity to speak while sitting on the dais. Mr. Sanders talked about Tent Town and why the curfew is going to come back this Saturday at 11 p.m. I don't know about you, but I'm very curious to see how reinstating the curfew of the park at 11 p.m. this Saturday is going to go. There's already park participants or, or, or park tenants, park inhabitants saying, we're not going to leave when the curfew is reinstated. If folks refuse to leave from Market Street Park when the curfew is reinstated this Saturday at 11 p.m., are the police going to have to physically evict someone, almost as if they were a bouncer at a bar at last call? Is that what's going to happen at Market Street Park? Bouncers evicting bar flies at last call at a local watering hole. That's not what anyone wants. So I'll be watching that very closely. I'm glad Patchum is opening early to offer some shelter for those in the park. The homeless population estimated over 300. The, the available vet beds or cots or sleeping uh, scenarios at the Salvation Army and at Patchum 
in the 125 to 150 range. So still there will be many without warmth, especially as winter is coming. It's 39 degrees in Keswick this morning. It's cold. I want to recap Charlottesville City Council's meeting and then bring Judah in. We'll talk the Allison Spillman TV commercial in a a handful of minutes. I'm going to dissect this commercial frame by frame, clip by clip, on this talk show. And I'm going to show you visuals matter. Music beds or music soundtracks matter. Script writing and words and copywriting matter. The playbook for this television ad, synonymous with how a sixth or seventh grader wins a class president or a school president race. But instead of Tootsie Rolls and bubblegum and blow pops and empty promises of longer recess and better food at the cafeteria like Rocky Road ice cream or some fish food from Ben and Jerry's, Spillman is utilizing labeling, name-calling, doctoring of photos, and choice music soundtracks that are synonymous with middle school behavior. Before I get to that story, last night, city council meeting, it was a quick one. You can find the transcript for the city council meeting on a website that I am now checking quite often, crp-seville.org, crp-seville.org. The folks behind this are doing a really good job of transcribing city council meetings and planning commission meetings. I would encourage the folks behind crp-seville.org to add a menu bar option at the top of the website where you can easily click the transcription of planning commission and city council meetings. Click the button on a menu bar and see the entire, the entire transcription. In last night's meeting, we heard from folks on both sides of the political aisle about Tent Town, and the large portion of commoners seem to be cooling on the idea of Tent Town. We did have one speaker speak in favor of Tent Town and legitimately suggested that Charlottesville City Council and Charlottesville government should turn Market Street Park into a community of tiny houses, tiny homes built on taxpayer dollars with electricity, internet, and running water, warmth, roofs, bedrooms, and bathrooms. I am flabbergasted, bewildered, confused, taken aback, floored that someone legitimately waited in line and in straight face capacity told council you should make a park, a community of tiny homes, and have taxpayers pay for said tiny homes. That is, I mean, my my brain's exploding here with that one. 
The overall motif and theme of the meeting, though, with public commenters, was the cooling nature of the community when it came to this park and a homeless encampment. A piece of news that came from this meeting that I think is important to emphasize to you, City Council is choosing to ban Zoom commenting for an extended period of time. This banning of Zoom commenting is a direct response to the previous city council meeting, not the one last night, but the one before that, where legitimate Nazis were calling into the meeting via Zoom and in disgusting and deplorable fashion were giving props to Hitler, to the Nazi party, and using the N-word, directing the N-word to Councillor Leah Perrier and Juan Diego Wade. I ask you this question. Is banning Zoom commenting during the public portion, the public commenting portion of the meeting, the right choice for city council and local government? First question. Second question. Zoom commenting, does this create a more robust freedom of speech or governmental engagement environment than only limiting commenting to in-person interactions within council chambers. Who has the freedom to go to council meetings in person and speak before council when oftentimes you're waiting hours before you speak? These are done during the week at not the best times for those that work nights, double shifts, hell. If you work a nine to six, you're going to have a hard time making it to council on time. Does this Zoom commenting ban keep the financially margin in this community even more voiceless? Does this Zoom commenting ban offer even more of a platform for retirees, the wealthy, those that are business owners with flexible schedules that can leave in the middle of the afternoon to go to council chambers and to speak before local government officials and help sway or change their mind on policy, on laws, and on budgetary allocation. I want to unpack that on today's show. Judah Wickhauer, let's weave you in on a two-shot. I thought you and I were very clear about yeah, Tent Town. I mean, we, I thought we had a, a good discussion, and uh, I don't remember I'm, – I have a terrible memory, but uh, I don't remember anywhere that we even suggested that we thought the, uh, the murderer was from Tent Town. Yeah. In fact, you, you, you said you have a terrible memory? Oh yeah. You know what the beautiful thing about this show is? Uh, it's all on. Uh, it's all 
recorded. Their receipts. It's online. It's yeah. archived wherever you get your internet, your social media, and your podcasting content. Anything positioned otherwise is misconstruing or lying. Possibly. And impacts credibility and integrity of those doing those tactics. I still would like to figure out who the murderer is. Um, yeah, I'm sure the police would too. I think the police department will, does as well. Yeah. The police officer, Lieutenant Joey Lewis, indicated yesterday that many, many witnesses were within feet of this murder. Wow. Within do they, feet. Do they know that because of video? Here's the quote he said, and I earmarked it. We also know that there were numerous witnesses within feet of this incident, and we are asking you to please come forward with what you saw. It's hmm. imperative to this case at this time, end quote. Men and women who wear blue and a badge are the heroes of this community. Heroes don't wear capes. They wear blue and they wear badges. And those that are wearing blue and wearing badges are asking the community for help to solve a murder. If we want the community where our children feel safe to live within, where our wives and our wives' friends feel safe to come to the downtown mall after hours, late at night, during cocktail hour, post-cocktail hour, after 10 o'clock, for beverages, for martinis, for girls' nights. We solve these things quickly. And the police is asking for our help to solve this. So let's rise to the occasion and do so, please. The Zoom ban, before we get to the Allison Spillman TV commercial, which we will play in totality, then we will dissect, dissect Ms. Spillman's tactics. Your thoughts on the Zoom ban? I'm torn on this. You go first. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on it as well. I've, I don't watch the city council meetings, so I don't know how prevalent the uh, people commenting via Zoom is. Uh, I, I'm, I don't want, uh, I don't think our, our city council meetings need to be marred by jackasses spouting hateful BS. Um, so in that regard, I have no problem with them uh, trying to find a way to, uh, to get rid of that kind of um, disgusting behavior. But at the same time, I think you make a good point that uh, there are people that can't just leave work who aren't available at the 6 o'clock hour. Before 6. This meeting started at 4 o'clock. Yeah, or whenever. 4 o'clock yesterday. Whenever. There are, there are some people that probably don't work during the day and work at night. So if the, the meeting started later, it would be worse for them. All I'm saying is that some people, there are a lot of people that probably can't drop what they're doing, get out of work, whatever time it is. Uh, you could not go to a city council meeting. I know that. You leave here at 6.30 p.m. Yeah. This meeting started at 4. Yeah. 6.30 p.m., the commenting portion had already started, and you would not have signed up on time. Yeah. Well, even if it was later. And you're a guy. Even if it was later, there are some people that work evening shifts, there are, and there are some people that 
even though if they don't work, they have kids to take care of or they have errands to run. How's or- a single mom going to go to a city council meeting and wait hours to speak in the public comment portion? Yeah. How's a nurse that works a 12-hour shift going to speak before a council? A firefighter? An Uber driver? Yeah. How's a, 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 a coach of a youth league team going to make it to city chambers? How's a waiter or waitress going to make it to chambers? Yeah. But I think, uh, <clears throat> I think there are other ways to go about that. Um, go about uh, weeding out you know what entrepreneurs do? Entrepreneurs solve problems every day. The best entrepreneurs, you ask them what they do for a living, and they'll say, we put out fires. That's one of the things that I do every day, and I do it extremely well for ourselves and our clients. We extinguish fires, and we solve problems. It determines success and failure in entrepreneurship. If your city council, here's a strategy that you can do to prevent Nazis from utilizing a Zoom call to say nasty rhetoric. Before they go on air, you can ask the Zoomer, what is your name and your address? Where do you reside? And you can cross-check it with the GIS. Yeah, but I... We talked about that. Who's going to do the checking of the GIS? I could do that in five seconds. Yes, but not everybody is you. I would imagine the city attorney has a capability of utilizing local government infrastructure better than me. I would imagine Charlottesville staff, who is updating the information to the GIS, can use the GIS just as efficiently as me. Now, I do spend a lot of time on the GIS. You're assuming that they are the people that are going to be answering phone calls and deciding who gets to go on the comments next. I don't know how it works, but somebody's got to do... You're not going to have the city attorney answering the phone and being like, well, what would you like to talk to the, uh, the city council about? Okay, hold on. And what's your name and address? And hold on, let me just check the uh, Charlottesville GIS. That sounds a little excessive for... I mean, you've got to have somebody whose sole purpose is answering the phone and organizing who's going to be next. Carol Thorpe, I'll get to your comment. Carol Thorpe has firsthand perspective. Wow, also, look at this. This is fantastic. Wouldn't, the, the, someone, wouldn't somebody that wanted to spout Nazi hateful stuff, uh, wouldn't someone like that just give a fake name and address? And I know you're going to say, but then you check it against the J. Well, once they get once they get wind of that's how things go, why not just why not just pick someone? Deep Throat says this could easily verification and identity could easily be verified. This is Deep Throat talking. He agrees with me. They could automate it. Put in your name and Seville Utilities billing account number in order order to speak. He also says, and by the way, anyone can show up and spout any kind of abuse, abusive nonsense in person. That's true. But those willing to spout abusive nonsense in person are less willing to do it in person than behind the anonymity of a Zoom screen. It's called keyboard muscles. We're seeing this with meme Instagram accounts. 
Anyone can have keyboard muscles and think they're making an impact when they have a fake name or a fake handle or a meme Instagram account or a meme Twitter account. Yeah. That's called gutless. It's easy to hide behind the screen. It's easy to hide behind anonymity and utilize and flex keyboard muscles. But those who do that are gutless. Those that offer their opinions and their commentary, yours truly, Judah, very different. Carol Thorpe, we'll get to your comment. This is a good one. Carol Thorpe was signed up to speak last night. Bill McChesney, we'll get to your comments about Lee Park. Jerry, I effectively, this is Carol Thorpe talking. Jerry, I effectively lost my pre-assigned number seven speaking slot for matters of the public last night when they banned Zoom a mere four minutes into the meeting without any forewarning, and they had two weeks since the last meeting to make adjustments and notify the public in advance. They made it impossible for me to drive from my home and get inside council chambers within the 17 minutes that Mayor Snook called my name. Hmm. He made me a no-show. Long-term, I am a handicapped individual whose immobility issues make in-person appearances extremely difficult in that confining venue. For many citizens, they need to reinstitute Zoom. It's another fantastic yeah. comment from the Queen of Jack Jewett, Carol Thorpe herself. I reference those on the financial margin, those that are single parents, those that are working night shifts, those that are coaching our youth those that are working in food service at night, and by banning Zoom, they basically are taking this population and, and, and making them voiceless. Carol Thorpe says, how about me personally? I'm handicapped. I can't make it there. Yeah. Fantastic point from Carol Thorpe, who said she got her I Love Seville sticker from us. So thank you, Judah, mailed that directly to you. Vanessa nice. Parkhill chiming in. Earliesville, Virginia, in the house. Vanessa Parkhill says, everyone makes choices about how they prioritize their time. Mayor Nakia Walker made local policy such a priority that she ran for council and became a mayor. Oftentimes, the most worthwhile endeavors are not the most convenient. That's also true. Mayor Nakia Walker, you would say, on the financial margin. Mayor Nakia Walker, you would say, utilized the public commenting portion in 2019 in 2018 and post-August 12, 2017 to win a spot on council. 2017, 2018. Her term started in 2019. Vanessa Parkhill also says point taken on the handicap or homebound individuals. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Carol, that was a good one. Vanessa, you make good points as well. The overarching theme, however, is the knee-jerk reactions we are seeing from government. Sam Sanders last night, he straight up said, one of the reasons we lifted the curfew in Market Street Park was because an activist spoke before council and said a police officer kicked an African-American man and chose not to kick a white man that were both homeless in the park. And yeah. as a result of that activist's statement before council, Sam Sanders lifted the park curfew. What ended up happening was that activist statement proved to be bogus or misconstrued at best. Bogus at worst, actually, 
bogus at worst. I mean, even worse than bogus. It's a point you've made. I mean, at worst, I would say that it was a... False report. Yeah, a straight-up lie or, or just an attempt to uh, discredit and... Uh, Scarlet letter and shame the police. Yeah. At best, misconstrued. Yeah. But it calls knee-jerk reaction from government and the CEO of the city, Mr. Sanders, and the park. Mm-hmm. Two council meetings ago... <clears throat> A handful of Nazis mutter nasty rhetoric, and last night, council completely banned Zoom commenting. Yeah. That's knee-jerk. And I just made a very convincing argument that those that are impacted by this are those on the financial margin, night shift workers, and as Carol highlighted, those that are handicapped or homebound that are unable to physically get there. Yeah. They are marginalizing an already voiceless or somewhat voiceless population. Deep Throat makes great points. Utilize a verification method while you address your name cross-reference with the GIS, the civil utilities billing account information. Excellent points right there. From Deep Throat. Show's on fire right now. Bill McChesney says, to the point of the commenter at the meeting last night, wanting to build tiny homes in the park, he shared the land transfer. Here's the land... Here's the land transfer where Paul McIntyre transferred the park to the city. And in that documentation, Paul McIntyre of the McIntyre School of Commerce. Now, Paul McIntyre's undoubtedly got a sketchy past. (laughs) How so undoubtedly? He's been linked to the KKK. Uh. But Paul McIntyre, the benefactor, gave the land to the city for the park. And he had a couple of conditions for that land. Some of those conditions, and I'm reading the documentation right now. Here it is. I'm happy to share it for anyone who wants it. In fact, if you go to my Facebook message, the Bill McChesney Facebook page, you can screenshot it and put it up there. Some of that documentation said nothing can be built in the park. Also part of that transfer, clearly stipulated in the documentation, is the statue had to stay there. So much for that. This is Paul McIntyre of the McIntyre School of Commerce, ladies and gentlemen. Sarah Hill Buchensky, SHB, a voice of reason. She says, part of me thinks it's good that folks have to make an effort to speak at council, but this would legitimately make it impossible for some people. Maybe they could vary the times that the meeting is held. A lot of people have suggested a time change for these meetings. I've had Donna Price on this show, the Board of Supervisors chairwoman. She's highlighted how Zoom has created a much more civically engaged community 
You know what we want for local government? One of the things we want is community members, taxpayers, citizens to be engaged with the process. Show's on fire. And it's on fire because we cut through the crap. Extor Sean, welcome to the program. Ginny Hu says, then ban and block those particular Zoom accounts. Don't punish the rest of us. Banning comments absolutely hurts working families and families of young children who might not have the child care at that time. I'm going to quote, retweet her right now. Amen. Well said. I mention this live, on air, on the I love Seville. While I would tend to agree, I think it's easy enough to create a... Uh to create Zoom accounts, that, that wouldn't be too much of an issue, would it? I could be wrong. My, my, I guess my, my point is the, the knee-jerk reaction from government. Yeah, yeah. My and, other point is the lack of problem-solving skill set showing by local government. Yeah. And I tend to agree. You could and probably should just go ahead and ban those people when they come on so that you don't have to deal with them again, although they may, my point was, that they may create new accounts and do it again. Um, it's not, I don't think it would be a, that large of a, of a hoop to jump through for them. But yeah, uh, at the very least, implement something like that rather than jumping straight to uh, nobody can comment via Zoom. What are your thoughts, Carly Wagner? What are your thoughts, Kevin Higgins? What are your thoughts, James Watson, Chad Wood, Lonnie Murray, Aaron King, Georgia Gilmer? Angie Fink, Travis Hackworth, Nelson Lanza. What are your thoughts, Dr. Downey, Bellamy Brown, Scott Thorpe, Kyle Miller? What are your thoughts? Ray Cadell, your thoughts? I've got the... Dr. Wolf, Supervisor Rutherford, Taylor Sutton, Lorning Keswick, Liza Borges, Seth Liskey, Meg Payne. What are your thoughts? There's the transfer documentation. It's not the clearest to read, but when you're on your phone and you can zoom in, you can clearly say that, see that McIntyre said, I'll give you this land if you don't build stuff on the land. He also says the statue's got to be in there. Well, so much for that. We need to go to the next topic because we have a lot to cover today, including Christian Kelly. A-plus guy, stand-up guy, one of my favorite people, new executive chef, head chef at Dooners and Ivy, including Gene Theory opening a second location in Richmond, Virginia. That's two pieces of breaking news. Including Tony Elliott's UVA football recruiting class for 2024 finishing or predicted or currently pegged dead last in 2024 in the ACC, now losing three recruits, decommitments, including its best player to Vanderbilt. Its best recruit decommitted and is now heading to Vandy in the Southeastern Conference. Let's show the commercial. You have the commercial ready to go. Mm. I'll set the stage. This is Allison Spillman. At-large seat candidate, Almoral County School Board, roughly $260 million yearly budget the school board allocates and manages. She's going toe-to-toe with Meg Bryce. This is a nasty campaign, an ugly campaign. This campaign is garnering Commonwealth-wide headlines. This campaign has literally seen every aspect of mudslinging possible 98% of it coming from Spillman's side, including Christopher Seaman creating a phony website, 
tied to Meg Scalia, Bryce.com. Once he was ghosted, once he was outed, once he was doxxed as being the person behind Meg Scalia, Bryce.com, he immediately takes the website down. This is one of the top donors of Allison Spillman's campaign, utilizing these shenanigans, this tomfoolery, this kind of mudslinging. Now a television commercial that is, I find, downright deplorable, downright demoralizing, and downright disgusting. Can we play it in three? We'll play it in totality, then I'll dissect it. Three, two, one. Republican Meg Scalia Bryce doesn't want you to know that she pulled her kids out of our public schools and is backed by extremists who want to impose a far-right political agenda and whitewash history. We need to defeat Meg Scalia Bryce. Allison Spillman is a mom of five public school students who is committed to making school better for all kids. She'll bring parents and teachers together to protect our children from political extremists. Democrat, mom, Allison Spillman for school board. So that's the commercial from start to finish, paid for by the Spillman campaign. Should we dissect it? I find this commercial akin or synonymous with running for class office in middle school where you utilize bubble gum, Tootsie Roll Pops, blow pops, and empty promises to make recess longer and to have unlimited ice cream at the cafeteria for lunch. That is what Allison is doing. I promise everyone, all the ice cream in the world if you vote for me. Recess will take the place of, what do you study in sixth or seventh grade? Do you study geography? In sixth or seventh grade? Probably. Geometry? That's too early for geometry, right? Sixth or seventh Our grade? Our oldest is five and a half. He's in Ge- kindergarten. I don't, I don't know. I think geometry is a sixth or seventh grade. I'm pretty sure geometry is after algebra. It goes algebra, yeah. geometry, algebra two trig, pre-calculus, and calculus. I did algebra in the seventh grade, geometry in the eighth, algebra two trig in the ninth, Hmm. Pre-calculus in the 10th, calculus in the 11th, and college math my senior year of high school. I kind of skipped around because I was in a really small Christian school in 7th, 8th, and uh, 9th. Okay. Thank you for that. And then I uh, I switched to a public school. He's he's a very nomadic, Judah Wickhauer. Where do you want to begin with the commercial? Show I mean, us yours, and then I'll, I'll dig in. I mean, how about, this, how about the beginning? Republicans. I was expecting to see blood dripping off the screen when they said Republicans, but uh, uh, I guess it was just in the tone of voice. I mean, I don't know what to say. It's, it's almost funny. But, uh, but I'm sure people... Uh, almost funny for you. You're not the subject of the commercial. I mean, if I was, I would still find it fairly funny. I, I do not imagine that Dr. Bryce finds this fairly funny. Are you sure? I feel like... I, know, I would say I know Dr. Bryce fairly well. Saw her on Friday evening. Okay. Had a very pleasant conversation. Anything else you want to add on this commercial? Uh, no, uh, not yet. I will do the flip book 
of the commercial start to finish capacity with my analysis. The first that stood out to me was what Judah noticed as well. Within the first second or two of the commercial, in fact, why don't you play the commercial and I'll speak over it. Turn the audio down to the commercial, I'll speak over it. Let me know when it's playing. You want me to, uh, do you want me to cycle it through over and over? Or why don't you stop it at the key parts that I mentioned? You know um, what, you don't have to do this. Just, we don't even have to play it again. We can okay. just talk about it. The, the labeling of Republican, clearly a strategy and a tactic. That was done right in the beginning of the commercial. Yeah. Very early in the commercial, the utilization of her maiden name, Scalia, a tactic. Like John Blair has commented in the past when Barack Obama ran for his first term. Yeah. Barack Hussein Obama was utilized in the campaigning his opponents were using. Mm -hmm. Same strategy. Second aspect of the commercial. Mentioning of the private school. Kids in private school, a tactic. You see the mayor walking by? You did? Yep. Next tactic, backed by extremists. I, is there, I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's even an ounce of, of honesty and... Uh, That's a reference to one of her donors. Okay. The Trump photo in the commercial... Was the photo doctored the Trump photo? I don't think so. I think it's just taken out of context. Taken out of context, undoubtedly. The doomy, gloomy, scary background music. That switches to... uh, to Cheery, rainbows, and sunshines. Sunny, yeah. For Spillman. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that? Oh, yeah, yeah. The reference to the daily progress... Want to know something? That Daily Progress was an article written by one of her supporters. A letter to the editor that was printed. They're referencing the Daily Progress in this commercial, and they're referencing a letter to the editor written by... Wasn't it? Was it written by Christopher Seaman? Any viewers and listeners out there? Wasn't that letter written by Seaman? Someone give me a yes that I trust on one of these feeds. I'm pretty sure that article was written by Seaman, the Daily Progress reference in that commercial. That's disingenuous. What was the Daily Progress reference? I missed it when the ad was playing. A letter to the editor, which was published in the Daily Progress. This letter to the editor written by a Spillman supporter, which was published in The Progress, called her radical in her beliefs. Oh. And then, in the commercial advertising campaign, they make reference to the Daily Progress calling her radical, that when they, the reality is it was her wrote. own campaign that wrote the radical mention. Do you get that? Yeah, that's... What that's, do you call that? That's disingenuous at best. At worst, what do you call that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's great, though. I mean, it's almost genius, and it's... Uh, I and wouldn't it's call that genius. Machiavellian... Uh, uh, this is for the school board. 
Yeah, I know. These people will determine the future of your children's schooling. Other things that stood out to me about that commercial. The reference to banning books, to whitewashing history, and to politicizing education. Yeah. This is word salad. Yeah. And word salad. And even though I'm sure I'm sure a lot of that is referencing what is it, the uh moms of um what's the group called? Anyways, um I'm sure that's what those some of those are, are at least in reference to. And without I don't know, without without proof that that's what uh Meg is trying to do. Dr. Bryce is trying to do it's just doesn't come across as as holding any weight this is legitimately word salad this is like an economist speaking on CNBC and saying inflation supply chain labor shortage interest rates 10 year yield Political conflict. War in the eastern part of the world. It's buzzwords and word salad. Mm-hmm. Ginny Hu makes the comment, in all reality, who's actually watching TV commercials anywhere, anyway, right now? Yeah, that's a fair question. She says it's moms for liberty is what you were looking for, Judah. Yeah, that's it. Carly Wagner says, this is even worse than the middle school campaigns. It's like saying, but ooh, don't vote for her. She has unpopular friends. Yeah. Deep Throat. God, I love you, Deep Throat. (laughs) Words I never thought I would say. Uh, Even Judah laughs That's right Oh, man. There was some nonsense that you referenced in the beginning of the show. Yeah. He shares the screenshot of the, Virgi- of the VPAP fundraising numbers. Jesus, are you ready for this? You want me to grab it? You have them? No. You, you want to? Oh, yeah, you grab them. Show them on screen. It's on the DM thread. Deep Throat. My wife mentioned this yesterday at dinner. An amazing show be getting you on screen on the talk show either with a bag over your head or as if we're interviewing you as the mafioso dean like don corleone i do like and that isn't there an anonymous who's like uh getting out government documents and stuff like that and he wears like that uh what is it the um the v for vendetta um guy fox masks you know what i'm talking about oh i know what you're talking about my wife said that that would be the top-rated content in Central <laughs> Virginia history. Deep read Throat it, on read the it, show. Read his comment. Deep Throat on the show. <laughs> Deep, Throat said, <laughs> Deep Throat said, a bag over my head is how I look my best. <laughs> this is twice today he's legitimately made me laugh out loud. Do you have the campaign uh, screenshot? Uh, just about. John Blair, I'm going get, to get to your comment. John Blair, wait till you see these numbers, dude. You still watching JB? Love John Blair. 
Love John Blair. John Blair says this. I'll get to his comments. John, listen to this. Jerry, I want to start by stating that I respect Ms. Spillman. However, as a parent, and yes, my son is in public school, I have learned a huge lesson. Never ever judge a parent's decision regarding a child's school or extracurriculars. You simply don't know what's going on with the kid. I know plenty of Democrats and supporters of public schools who have placed their kids in private schools. They do it for various situations, academics, bullying, social scene, gossip, etc. I simply do not judge any parent for the decisions they make for their child. You and I and everyone else has no idea what might influence that decision. I'm going to respond to that. That's, well said. That's one of my biggest disconnects and connects in this whole thing is people acting like someone wanting the best for their child is somehow a mortal sin. Like, I, I feel like it's just backwards. Like, instead of, okay, you want what's best for your child. They aren't getting it in public school. You take them out of the public school and put them somewhere where you think they will get the best education. And then you try to affect the system so that the next group of kids that comes along doesn't have to deal with the problems that your kid is dealing with. You don't sit in a bad situation and wait. And some people would say, oh, well, then why didn't she... Why didn't she run for council earlier? Not everybody has the means or the time to do something right when a problem arises. And how many parents are there who have kids in school who are not happy with the current system? They can't all start running for city council. I just find it insane that people think that someone who wants what's best for their child and apparently what's best for all the kids is somehow a bad fit because they didn't stick it out in the public schools. Judah Wickhauer dropping dimes. Very well said. Deep Throat says, you reference, you make, uh, I'll read verbatim. He says this, misciting sources like the Daily Progress source would get you expelled from college. Show the screenshot for the campaign fundraising for this race. Ladies and gentlemen, this race, Allison Spillman, to this point, has raised $111,462. Meg Bryce has raised $106,559. First things first. You commend Allison Spillman for raising this much money and for now taking the lead. She was significantly in second place, significantly behind Meg Bryce at the start of this race, significantly. Spillman has now surpassed Meg Bryce. Keep it on screen. Sonia Smith, her top donor at 15K. That means Sonia Smith has contributed more than 10% of the campaign. $111,462 for school board. $106,559 for Meg Bryce. A totality of $218,000, roughly. 
roughly $218,000. Only the Robert Tracy Jim Hingley race, as John Blair pointed out to us, has surpassed that total in Albemarle County history. Did you hear what I just said? John, you brought that to my attention. He's still watching. And the fantastic Stanton, Virginia. Robert Tracy, Jim Hingley, Commonwealth's Attorney, 2019. He's running unopposed, Mr. Hingley is, this year. 2019, I believe, the only race in Almoral County history to surpass this at-large totality total. That's bananas. Yeah. <clears throat> I like the suggestion from Real Crozet VA <clears throat> saying that nearly $250,000 for a local school board race is a disgrace and a profound waste of money. Give them each 25000 and donate the rest to the food bank or some other worthwhile charity. You know who that is? Kudos. I, That's uh, Jim Duncan of Ness Realty leaving that comment. Are you sure? Real Crozet VA? The Twitter account? Okay. Still, uh, I'm not sure why it matters who posts no, it. No. I think it's a great, uh, a great comment. And, yeah, $250,000. That's Jim Duncan. This is insanity for, uh, for a school board race. And he's right. That money, that money could do a lot for a lot of people. Kate Sharts watching the program, The Queen of Ivy. She says, but will all this talk actually sway anyone? Allison supporters will turn a blind eye. What else needs to happen for someone to flip? Daily Progress wrote a story in today's newspaper. You see the story in today's newspaper, Judah? Mm, no. The headline of the story in today's newspaper, Meg Bryce, colon, Quote, not everyone agrees there's systematic racism. Quote, that's the headline. A, and I've, I've said this, and I stand by it. I truly believe it. In retrospect, and, and, and Monday morning quarterback, and with the benefit of hindsight, I assure you, if she's given another opportunity, she would not answer the question like she did at the NAACP forum with Spillman and Bryce about systematic racism. It was not a great answer. And because that answer that was given is was it, not great, it wasn't strategic, it was not forward-thinking, it was not excellent political science, that answer is now being utilized against her and taken out of context. And the progress and reporters who are there, in this community for 18 to 24 months and then leave for another job because they get paid very little money took that comment and turned it into a story. Is that a lack of journalistic integrity to use that as the, uh, as the lead of the story? I think it's a lack of institutional memory, a lack of journalistic experience. But if you're actively taking a quote out of context and using it as the headline of your story, you're saying that's just a... Uh, oh, trust me. If, if anyone knows about headlines in the Daily Progress, it's yours truly. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. It's called sensationalized journalism to drive clicks. That's okay. what that's called. Sensationalized journalism to drive digital metrics. I mean, I get that, but this is not, uh, you know, this isn't like Beatbox or some uh, online journal. That I don't uh, follow. 
the web traffic for the Daily Progress is how they monetize their platform. Okay. No, it's tr it's that's a fact. No, I, I know that. I'm saying some of the things that you uh, expect from uh, from online, you know, some of the online stuff that we that we see passed around is uh, less. Uh, I don't know. I expect a lot less from from some of the clickbait crap that you see on the on the internet as opposed to something like a local newspaper that you would think would be a little more uh, uh, honest. I'm torn on that. We have a 145 conference call, so that's in nine minutes. I'm torn on that because I see it two ways. Way number one, the erosion of journalism or the lack of substance, or the sensationalized nature of it, or the soundbite nature of it, mm. or the weakening or watering down of journalism in central Virginia, it sucks for the community because we all want to be in the know, especially news junkies like me, like John Blair, like Deep Throat, like Carol Thorpe. We all want to be in the know. So it stinks. It stinks when you're included in stuff like that, especially when it's misconstrued or not the actual truth. I can speak on that from first-hand perspective. But I also see opportunity as an entrepreneur. As legacy media is eroding, I see an opportunity to fill that gap and strengthen what we're doing here, which is one of the reasons why I think this platform has really exploded and become a part of everyday lexicon in central Virginia. No one else is doing long form like this. Ginny Hu says, Amen, Judah. Choosing homeschooling as the best education for our family doesn't mean I want public schools to fail. Yeah. Our eldest was accepted to 10 colleges. Now a happy double major, double minor. Keyboard warriors can judge me, but I will always put my children's needs first. John Blair says, Amen. well said, Judah. For example, a kid could have been assaulted at a school. They simply cannot thrive in the environment where they were assaulted. How in the world could any of us judge the parents for taking the kid out of that situation? Yeah. I mean, I went from, uh, I went from pu public schools to private schools to public schools to, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't always uh, a matter of one thing or another. I left the private school because they just didn't have the, uh, the bandwidth to, to give me the classes that I needed to, to succeed. So I switched to the private school. In some places, that, that may go the other way. The private school may not be offering what someone's children need. And the fact that somebody would, would judge your choices for your children is terrible. I mean, come on. We all want what's best for our children. Don't judge what one person does to help their child succeed. It may be, it may be that they need special special teaching. It may be that uh, they just need a different environment. Stacy Baker Patty, who I met on Friday evening, Stacy Baker Patty, truly my pleasure meeting and, and chatting with you on Friday, says, take a look at the communications firm used by the Spillman campaign. The website is PeteLandCo.com. 
P-E-T-E-L-A-N-D-C-O, PeteLandCo.com. Their tagline, whether you're running for office, building a legislative agenda, or advancing public policy, Pedal and Company will help you define and deliver the win. I thought it was Pete Landco, too. I thought it was Pete Landco. It's Petal. Petal and Co. Pedal? Probably Pedal. P-E-T-E-L-A-N-D-C-O.com. I'm guessing there's an owner somewhere in their past with the last name Pedal. Katie Pearl says those tactics are deceptive. Six minutes. Get some items out of the notebook. Christian Kelly. The new executive chef at um, Dooner's Restaurant. Christian Kelly, former talent behind of the house, uh, back of the house at Maya Restaurant. Christian Kelly's A-plus people. Love his family, see his son all the time, huge fan of the Kellys. Dooner's Restaurant gets a gain here with Christian Kelly. Gene Theory is opening a new location in Richmond, Virginia. The new owner of Gene Theory is Mandy Edwards. Mandy Edwards, the new owner, she purchased Gene Theory from Laura Van Camp. Gene Theory's new location, soon to open in Richmond, Virginia, near the corner of Libby and Patterson at 508 Patterson Avenue. Sarah Hill Buchensky, I hope that's the case as well, but unfortunately, I'm not sure if folks look at the source material or they just give it a cursory glance. I know the communications company is trying to push perception management. Carol Thorpe, kudos to John Blair for his comment, Carol Thorpe says. Likewise, I spent 12 years fielding dirty looks and questions why I did not enroll my Matthew into the Virginia Institute of Autism, which is a fine school. I instead chose to enroll Matthew in the Almeryl County Autism Program from kindergarten through 12th grade. The county program was a better fit in many ways and served Matthew well, period. Stacy Baker Patty is encouraging Judah and I to look at Christopher Seaman's pack, Apple, the Apple pack. And she says, the Apple pack has donated... I will look into this, Stacy Baker Patty, has donated thirty to 45000 to Siemens Campaign. I would love if you could send me a link for that. I will also look while we're off air. I love the crowdsourced nature of this content. Ginny Hu offered a fantastic take of homeschooling parents 
and why homeschooling parents identify with Dr. Bryce's campaign, she says, I really appreciated the shout-outs yesterday. I wanted to give you the full background where I'm not limited by Twitter characters. Judah, this is important for you, too. I don't want socialist Twitter accusing me of misleading info. Ginny Hu says she taught at two universities in the Commonwealth from 1999 to 2005. So both before we had children and up until our eldest was just shy of two years old. She says, I could tell with 95% accuracy within the first week of class who had gone to public school and who attended private school as a college professor. I told my husband I did not want any of our kids to go to public school at the time. Then when it was time for our oldest to go to kindergarten, we only had two kids at that time. We did not think we could afford private school. I was so torn, and we found a half-day church school she could attend, and then we were offered a partial scholarship at a local private school for first through third grade. When the private school's education deteriorated to what we could get for free at the public school and bullying went unchecked, we started homeschooling. So our younger two have only been homeschooled. I volunteer for several local nonprofits and interact with public school students on a regular basis. What I see, Ginny Hu says, makes me so incredibly glad that we decided not to have our children in that system. And that's why I support Dr. Bryce. She wants the system to be improved for those who have no choice but to use it. And she also cares about the reasons many of us have opted out. As always, thank you for your time, Jerry and Judah. Closing thoughts, 20 seconds, Judah Wickhauer, 145 call. Actually, if you can do it in 10 seconds, that would be amazing. Uh, well, I, I really appreciate that comment from Ginny uh, Hu. And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that nobody can tell a parent what's, uh, what's best for their child except for themselves. And, um, and I think trying to, trying to gatekeep someone from, uh, from wanting to improve the schools because they don't do one thing a certain way or look a certain way or follow the same whatever that you do is is a sad mistake and hopefully we can get past this and hopefully whether it's uh whether it's dr bryce or or spillman who wins this we will get somebody who is passionate about about this for the kids and fixing this for the kids and in the end that's all that really matters judah wickhauer on fire That'll be the closing thought for the Tuesday edition of the I Love Seville show. For Judah Wickhauer, I'm Jerry Miller. We're back in the saddle tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. So long, everybody.